podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Zero Pucks Given. Just a reminder, if you're not up to date as yet, all of the episodes are available on the Sports Social Podcast Network website, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and mostly on YouTube as well. If you've not caught up from last week, I caught up with Invicta Dynamo's goalie, Owen Ryder, and Romford Buccaneers' impressive young forward, Brindley Caps. You can go back and find them episodes right now. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. We are also now on the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find all the episodes as well as a wealth of sporting podcasts from different sports from around the world on their websites. Well, this is episode 74. I'm Ben. Welcome along. And we've got the match reports from another exciting weekend in the Britain division. The exclusive coaches thoughts, player of the week, table update and next week's fixtures. In the news then, we will start with the movers and shakers. Harry Hatfield swapped Oxford for Slough as he lands at the hangar and goes straight in the roster for Saturday's game against Streatham. And Oxford have added to the roster as well with the arrival of Jan Kostel. The Czech Republic-born former Swindon Wildcat has been out of the game for three or four years, but I'm told he still looks incredible on the ice and the Stars will hope he can kick-start the last part of their season. It will mean, however, that when he plays, either Czech, Hullaby or Flanagan will miss out as I believe only three imports can be dressed for the game. So we'll wait and see what happens there when Jan is playing. Now, then, let's get to the DOPS news from the much maligned cup fixture between Streatham Redhawks and Invicta Dynamos. Uh, firstly, still got the old EIHA logo on the DOPS posters. Please sort that out. And watch the spelling mistakes on players' names, because that's a, a bit of a rookie error. And also, thanks for dropping it at 10.30pm on a Friday. I was already in bed. So, yeah, couldn't really deal with that till Saturday. Right then, firstly, let's say we've all seen the videos online and whatnot. Um, are they the videos that were used? I know Streatham have GoPro stationed on the plexi around the rink, but with bands of this length and the amount of them, video and a breakdown explanation are required because we all need to understand what they've given for and, and what for. I understand that Gregor McCallum was unconscious after the hit from behind, but as we've not seen the video, obviously people were there could attest. Was there any real malice? Was the injury an unfortunate occurrence? This is a physical sport. Yes, hits from behind are something you'd like to eradicate, but it happens. 20 games, though. This is where the tier system just needs to be adjusted. You're going to lose members if they're banned for 50% of a season. Previously, Christian Moore at Slough Jets was given six games for a hit from behind into the boards. And whilst it's unfortunate that McCallum was injured and will probably miss at least four to six weeks himself with concussion, I think six games would have sufficed for a hit from behind. Uh, Josh Condren, then now released by the Dynamos, finds himself unable to, to get another this season now. If, if anything, uh, for me, hitting is part of the game. 
and due to the speed, sometimes you get it wrong and you take your licks for it. But when to use your stick to strike an opponent in the face is cowardly and has no place in the game for me. 12 games is the rest of the season for Josh, and that's probably about right. Whether he can get another club, but he can serve those 12 games for and carry on playing, I don't know. But, yeah, probably about right. But certainly shouldn't have been as harsh for Josh Martin in the 20 games. Uh, as for the others, mostly fighting after the end of the period. For me, the context of the game hasn't been taken into consideration here. Five-plus game would have sufficed for those for me. I did see Nate Gregory giving a few digs on the floor in one of the videos, so maybe an extra game for that. But from the videos, I couldn't really make out who it was who. So that's why we need to see what the Dops have looked at and they can explain then what it is that they've given. The problem with the extent of some of these is it's going to have a detrimental impact on the game. Imports aren't going to want to come and play here. Young men that like the tough side of the game are going to go and play rugby or do boxing. The physicality is part of the game. It's one of the big selling points and fans of all ages love it. For me, it's the officials need to get a better control of it on the night for me. That being said, it is a difficult job. It's not one that I would want to do myself. But I think if they'd have just had a bit of better control from the start of the period, knowing after that first hit in the first minute that it was going to ignite, they probably could have got that game finished if they'd have just taken better control. So that, pretty much word for word, is what the post I put out on social media. If you agree or if you don't agree, let me know. It's all about opinions. You know, everyone's got one, as I said on, on my post on X. So, yeah, if you don't agree, let me know. Uh, since then, Carl Lennon has had his say in the Kent Online News, confirming that the Dynamos are appealing the bans given to Matty Bell and Brandon Chard, or Charo. If you know, you know. So we'll see uh, see what the outcome of those appeals are. So let's get on to the games from a cracking weekend. Just one game Saturday, a full game Sunday, five games in total, and we will start at the hangar for a top-of-the-table tilt. The Red Hawks make the visit to the Jets, obviously missing a few after the suspensions. The Jets boasting the return of Brett Massey and a tight start to the game, an early power play chance for the visitors when Harvey Hardman was given two for charging on 459, but the Jets killed it off. The Red Hawks got another power play chance when Jets took a bench penalty for too many men on 13.05 and in that power play the visitors took the lead when Waller and Ely Newman assisted Ben Painter for 1-0 on 13.42 power play goal. Before the end of the period the Red Hawks doubled their lead when Skokan and Toombs assisted Sam Waller on 18.34. Into the second and the Red Hawks struck again fast when Beasley assisted Callum Burnett for 3-0 on 20.36. The game ignited in the 26th minute when Harmon and Briggs both received two for roughing on 26-21, followed by English and Warman on 26-36, both getting five for fighting, English with the extra two for instigation. With the team still even-handed, Streatham scored again as Jared Lane and Ziggy, Be- Ziggy Beasley assisted Luke Brittle for 4-0 on 26-51. After the goal, Swittle pulled McGibbon and Brett Massey returned to the pipes. On 29.48, Walker sat for two for boarding, giving the Jets their first power play chance. The visitors held strong, but just as we returned to 5-on-5, five five, Erskine assisted Carl Bradburn for 4-1 on 31.57. On 37.03, Dreeland took two for tripping, and in the resulting power play, Beasley and Watts assisted Luke Brittle for his second for 5-1 on 37.35, power play goal. An interference penalty for Ben Ely Newman on 38.15 meant the visitors would start the third with 15 seconds of 5-on-4 to kill. Into the third and both sides, hockey was flowing, creating chances, and the Jets had a power play chance when Harvey Briggs received two for tripping on 56-27. Slough went empty net for the power play without bearing fruit. Slough called timeout on 57-31, but after the visitors returned to full strength, 
Slough did pull another back when Holocker and Carl Bradburn assisted assisted Carl Bradburn for his second for 5-2 on 59-50. Into Sunday night and on the Streatham High Road with the visit of the Solent Devils, a very quiet first period, not something the fans at the High Road have been used to, and even with plenty of chances through the second, it took until near the end of the second period for the home side to take the lead, when Hops assisted Jared Lane for 1-0 on 38-43. Into the third and the chances were flowing at both ends, but Milton looked in unparalleled form. The Red Hawks doubled their lead when Gregory and Lane assisted Ziggy Beasley for 2-0 on 45-17. After Thomas Skokin was given a 10-minute misconduct penalty on 55-12, Solent pulled Taylor for the extra man, but Lane grabbed his third point of the night, assisting last week's EPG Player of the Week, Benny Lee Newman, for an empty net goal on 56-47. Man of the Match Awards to Beasley and Hutchinson. And after the game, Streatham player coach Ben Painter gave his thoughts to ZPG. Yeah, we went into this weekend, um, weekend against Slough um, on the Saturday. And we knew we were going to be going to be in for a big game there. They, they're, they're a very good team. Spitz has got them well drilled. and They're, they're fast and, and very skillful. And, and they, they don't... Um, they don't find any trouble scoring goals. They, they put the puck in the net and they play a play a good game. I mean, historically, our games against Slav have always been very good, in my opinion, um, end-to-end games, and, and it could go either way at times. And Yeah, I mean, we went into that game sort of off the back of a week of a bit of uncertainty on suspensions and, and things like that. So we went in there, obviously, short-handed. I, mean, I don't want to turn around and say we had a short bench because we've got, we got plenty of depth. Um, but some of our top guys are missing and some of our guys we, we sort of sometimes rely on to put the puck in the net, like Joshua Newman, for example, didn't have them in the lineup. So there's a perfect opportunity for some other boys to log some minutes and special teams and things like that that, that don't usually get the, the opportunity. And yeah, I was, I was pleased how we played. We went into that game there. They, they play fast, they play physical, and it's, it, it felt like a proper hockey game. It felt like you had to battle for everything, and, and, and we did just that. Um, we were. I think they they had some good pressure on our end, and and we we really did battle and put our bodies on the line. We were we were strong in front, and and I say it every week, but Milt was brilliant for us, and he he really did make some massive stops to to keep us in the game at times. But but that that said, we we were offensively we created a lot. We had a lot of opportunities there. They're, they're starting that mind up. I think he had a good game. He, he got pulled after the, the second, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was a um it was one of them games that. It could have gone either way, and I think we just were a little bit more clinical when it mattered. Yeah, very pleased. They're, they're a good team, and, and to get another result against them and, and uh, really sort of open that gap up a little bit. With obviously we've got some get, we've got five games in hand now on slow level on points, and um, I believe we, we've now won the series against them. That's that's massive for us going going forward in the league. So I was very pleased with that. Um, and then yeah, we go back home on the Sunday um, against the Solent team. Who, again, you have to battle for everything you get. You don't get any scoring, easy scoring opportunities. You don't. They don't make it easy for you. It's, it's a frustrating game to play against that team, and they they battle and they 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 sort of they they shut you down and, and stop you playing the way you want to play. Um, we went into that game. I think I think we were tired. I think mentally we were tired from the week we'd had and the un- uncertainty through the week and, and all the, the sort of the chatter and I think obviously that, that slow game took it out of us a little bit on the Saturday night so we were we were a bit tired um, and I think that definitely showed uh, we didn't have the best of first we were we were a little bit sloppy um, but yeah we grew into the game and we, we got better and better as the game went on we started playing a bit smarter and managed to score a big goal at the end of the, about a minute left of the first uh, second period to just get our noses ahead and from that point on, I think that settled us a little bit, and, and from there on, we, we we were much better, and we grew into the game and, and got better and better. So, yeah, I was um, 
I was pleased with how we how we performed in the end. We dug deep and and realistically, it probably wasn't the best game of hockey to watch. Um, but we we dug deep, dug our heels in, and to get a shutout on home ice in a, in a big game like that was 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 brilliant. I'm I'm extremely pleased with how we performed, and yeah, we just we just were sort of putting together a real nice winning streak at the moment, and it, it's um it's a good feeling. We've got we're, we're we're very motivated and we're we're focused on on the job in hand. So yeah, I was very pleased with this uh, weekend just gone. And Solent player coach Alex Murray also gave his thoughts. Yeah, obviously, uh, just a single and following those uh, suspensions that they picked up the weekend before, we, we knew that this would be a game where realistically would be one of the better opportunities to have a go at them at their place. And again, still managing some injuries ourselves. That said, you know, I thought the team that we had out was good enough to win and we, we, we didn't really... I don't really feel like we were out of the game. We were always in the game. I think their first goal came from a deflection similar to their second. Um, and it was, yeah, just one of those games where we didn't seem to get the the bounces. We didn't capitalise on our chances. I thought there was a spell in the first, especially around the power play, where we played really well. But credit to Streatham, they were resilient, even with a depleted team. Danny Milton played well in goal again, made some timely saves. But we... We also didn't shoot the puck enough when you when you're playing against goal that you've got to you've got to shoot more and um, overall we played okay but you know I'm also aware of the fact that that was not a fully strength Streatham team so whilst playing okay is okay and you know we can see the empty netter at the end we we ideally need to be you know picking up points in those games but yeah tough few weeks for us and we go again and we've got a weekend off now because we're out the cup so chance for us to reflect a little bit and go again after a great start of January. We've kind of ended on a bit of a downer, but, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back and push again. To the Oxpens, where Slough Jets look to gain some points after Saturday's defeat to Streatham, and Oxford boast new signing Jan Costell in their lineup and 18-year-old female netminder Kayla Paul backing up Joe Dolin. It took the visitors just 60 seconds to get on the score sheet when Christian Moore and Hemmings Mayer assisted Lewis English for 1-0 on a minute flat. And less than a minute later, Slough doubled their advantage when Bradburn and Redmond assisted Adam Erskine for 2-0 on 1.56. Penalties for both sides on 3.28 as Hatfield, returning to his former parish, got two for roughing, whilst Hind Pitcher and Ravenscroft got two for roughing and charging respectively, making it 4-3. on three. And in the power play, Goodchild and Minter assisted Christian Moore to make it 3-0 on 3.47 power play goal. Oxford dug in for the rest of the period to keep it that way. Into the second, and Oxford pulled one back when Flanagan and Hullaby assisted Bailey Hind pitcher on 25-38. After the restart, the Jets took a bench penalty for too many men, but unlike Saturday night at, at Streatham, where they were punished for that, Lindgren and Goodchild fed Seb Moore, who went through on Dolan and made it 4-1 at 27-16, shorthanded goal. Then straight from the restart, another when Hemmings Mayer assisted Christian Moore for his second for 5-1 on 27-43, another shorthanded goal. Oxford were glad to see the Jets return to full strength until they handed them the advantage again when Hullaby and Flanagan both sat for two for slashing and cross-checking on 29-32. In the 5-on-3, Slough extended their lead when Seb Moore and Minter assisted Jack Goodchild for 6-1 on 30-flat power play goal. And once the teams were even, Minter and Seb Moore again assisted Jack Goodchild for his second, making it 7-1 on 32-22. As the period was winding down, Slough dug the knife in further when Jacob Minter made it 8-1 on 39-14. 
For the third, a bit of history for the Stars as Kayla Paul replaced Joe Dolan in the pipes. Congratulations to Kayla on her Britain Division debut. Two early penalties for Christian Moore and Hein Pitcher for hooking and slashing, followed by Flanagan getting five for boarding, Ravenscroft getting two plus two for roughing and instigation, and Redmond for Slough taking two for roughing on 46-27. Saw Goodchild feed Christian Moore for his hat-trick on 47-33, but 9-1 power play goal. That's how it stayed. Man of the match awards for Bundock and Minter, but a big shout-out to Kayla Paul, saving 16 of 17 shots faced. Those who headed to Gillingham Sunday evening got far more entertainment than the cost of their ticket. A good even start to the game, but it was the visitors that took the lead when Bradley Taylor went unassisted on 9.22. They quickly doubled their advantage when the ever-impressive Brindley Caps went unassisted on 11.01 for 2-0. The home side bit back when Thune and O'Neill assisted Owen Dell for 2-1 on 11.33. And just as the period was ebbing and flowing to a close, the Moes pulled it level when Lashek and Springer Hughes assisted Tom Saw for 2-2 on 19.20. Into the second and the visitors retook the lead early when Brindley Caps went unassisted again for 3-2 on 20.28. James Laming then took two for boarding on 22.04, but the Dynamos managed to pull level again when Ruskin Springer Hughes went unassisted for 3-3 on 22.12, short-handed goal. And after returning to full strength, they took the lead when Thune and Strawson assisted Bronneman for 4-3 on 24.14. But it soon swung back the other way when Wilson and Canis assisted Ewan Hill for 4-4 on 27-29. A couple of minutes later, Wakeling assisted Brittley Caps for his hat-trick for 5-4 on 29-15. Into the third and a lightning start by the Buccaneers saw Long and Pascali assist Brindley Caps for his fourth of the game, making it 6-4 on 40-11. From the restart, Laschek assisted Tom Saw for his second, making it 6-5 on 40-51. Into the final five minutes... And Laschek went unassisted to make it 6-6 on 56-41. As the game headed towards the overtime period, Laming took a high sticks penalty on 59-54, meaning the Moes would start overtime a man down. And just 35 seconds in after Hill gave the puck to Brindley Caps, he swooped down the left, round the back of Ryder's net and wrapped around a beautiful goal to take the extra point for the Buccaneers. That's 50 points in just 18 games for Brindley Caps. Conor Bedard who? After the game, their head coach, Jason Buckman, gave his thoughts to ZPG. Yeah, I thought it was a deserved result for the Buccaneers at the weekend, away in Invicta. Um, never an easy place to go and play. Uh, obviously, they were short-benched, but uh, we was also missing Sam Austin, Sam Robinson and uh, Courtney through work commitments. And also uh, Joe Tomlin, uh, guesting for the Raiders, as they were also short. Um yeah, a topsy-turvy game, roller coaster game for both coaches, I'm sure. Probably not the best of days for um, D-zone coverage and, and goaltending, but uh, it was nice to come out on top uh, with the win, 7-6 in overtime. Um, special mention to uh, special mention for Brindley Caps, unbelievable on the night. Five goals. Um, it's easy to forget this kid is 16 years old, so... He's got a lot more developing to do, but um, he's doing it in style. Um, I think he would agree. If it wasn't for his line mates and his teammates, uh, you know, he wouldn't be getting the plaudits and achievements he's getting as we as we go on through the season. And also after the game, Dynamo's head coach Carl Lennon gave his thoughts. 
We found out our fate on Friday morning uh, when it came to the suspensions that we'd been handed out in light of the incidents in Streatham. And quite honestly, when we look at our punishments, personally not very happy with what was given to us. Um, most definitely we don't question Harry or, or Josh's punishments, but certainly when it comes to Matty Bell and Brandon, the two of them did very little in the incident to warrant a match penalty on the day and I stated that then and my opinion hasn't changed and only been emphasised by the video footage that is out there for everybody to see. I also feel that on the other side a number of incidents, key incidents in that situation were missed and not addressed. Players fighting that received no penalty whatsoever which makes no sense to me at all. But um, those are the punishments that were handed out to us and of course we had to uh, adjust across the weekend um, I also want to point out that I think that the, the ban for Josh Martin was excessive, I don't feel that um, a player should be banned for two thirds of a season for a, a poor, poorly timed or poorly judged hit on a player I don't think his intention was to injure Gregor, nevertheless that was the case and of course there should be some punishment for it but Regardless of that, you know, I think that some common sense should prevail in these situations. Um, so, yeah, we, we contest a lot of what has been put our way already. And, you know, of course, I'm sure that the story will not stop here. Um, of course, we had to refocus, uh, like they did too, on our weekend ahead. And um, we had Romford, who've upset many teams in this division in recent weeks and Jason has them you know uh, young and hungry and energetic and they came with exactly that focus we struggled in the first period to to get into the game and found ourselves quickly two goals down we we managed to pull those two back and at the end of the first I felt like you know we'd gotten our bad period out of the way with but honestly speaking it just seemed to be one of those sort of basketball games end to end where we scored, they scored, and they scored, we scored pretty much for the whole of the encounter um, until we managed to just about sort of equalise towards the end of the fixture. And getting a point, of course, on a, a night where we're not playing well is good, but we were looking for the two, and um, we received a, a pretty poor penalty. I think it wasn't really a penalty, with only a few seconds left in the game, which put us down um, on a shorthander going into overtime and of course Romford took advantage of that extra man and, and made it count and that was it so I think ultimately a disappointing result for us uh, considering we're at home we should be um, we should be performing better in, in that building but a point nonetheless in a poor performance so I, um, I know now uh, that we have to be hundred times better next week we've had the the results go in our favor this weekend which mean we now make the the cup semi-finals the cup brought us some really special moments last year and uh, I know that they have the possibility to do that again and we're going to have the toughest challenge of all which is a double header against Streatham home and away um, in that order this coming week and uh, the boys will be prepared and ready to give a better account of themselves moving into the weekend and um, you know we have one sole ambition and a cup is always the way that you can cause upsets to get to that final and um, that's that so we'll work hard this week and we'll we'll be better as a result of um, what's happening at the moment and move forward cheers
The final game of the weekend then at the Riverside in Chelmsford. The Thunder rolled into town, but with only 12 skaters available and the Chieftains only missing Ethan Reid and boasting a wealth of National League level talent, the gap began to tell very quickly. After just one minute 12, the Bartlett brothers combined as Grant from behind the goal fed Cam, who smashed home for 1-0. After some long shifts and an open period of hockey, the Chieftains doubled their lead, Lack and Maltsev laying on for Kieran Rayner for 2-0 on 9.39. From the restart, Don Wellthorne and Alan Lack had a disagreement that saw both sit for 5 plus 2. The home side stretched their lead to 3 when a very neat move saw Barnes Garner and Bulldog assist Damon Porter for 3 0 on 12.35. A few minutes later, it was 4 when Russell and Pentecost fed Kieran Rayner for his second on 15.40. And before the period was out, the home side scored again when Jameson and Lack assisted Grant Bartlett for 5 0 on 18.19. A slight defensive lapse from the Chieftains allowed Inkman to feed Cole McCluskey from behind the goal to sneak one past Dominic Ray on 18.59. Into the second and conceding the late goal obviously angered the home side as they struck early in the period when Grant Bartlett assisted Cam Bartlett with a close-range finish for 6-1, his second goal on 20.29. From the restart, it was Grant Bartlett who got his second goal, assisted by Russell for 7-1 on 21.09. Straight from that restart, a trio emerged to challenge Slough's Holy Trinity when Barnes Garner and Bulldog assisted Damon Porter for his second goal for 8-1 on 21-41. On 23-39, Don Welthall sat for two for interference and in the resulting power play, Bulldog fed King, whose shot appeared to hit Holden Barnes Garner in the head and deflected past Norton for 9-1 on 24-57 power play goal. A break from MK saw a two-on-one where Barrow intercepted to Hagger, who brought forward the puck and fed Mark Austin, who finished neatly for 9-2. A few minutes later, Cam Bartlett and Russell fed Alan Lack, who skated into the attacking zone down the left and smashed past Norton into the top corner for 10-2 on 32-35. With a few players on two goal, a hat-trick was inevitable, and it came when Russell and Bulldog assisted Damon Porter for a brilliant finish for 11-2 on 35-18. On 36-26, Jameson sat for two for holding the stick on the M- and on the MK power play, Damon Porter intercepted and went unassisted with a beautiful backhanded finish from the high slot for 12-2 on 36-37, shorthanded goal. On 38-01, George Howe sat for two for holding, giving us a period of 4-4. Four four. Into the third and both returned to full strength, George Howe took a seat again for slashing on 41-26. In the power play, Jameson and Porter fed Halden Barnes Garner for his second for 13-2 on 42-47 power play goal. A scrappy period of play followed until the Chieftains gained control of the puck and started playing some dazzling hockey and extended their lead when Rolf and Porter fed Ollie Baldock who slotted the puck into an empty net following a slick play for 14-2 on 52-01. Straight from the restart, the Chieftains' Holy Trinity struck as Bulldog and Barnes Garner assisted Damon Porter for his fifth, fifth 15-2 on 52-19. The same trio struck again on 57-36 as Bulldog and Barnes Garner assisted Damon Porter for a double hat-trick, making it 16-2. And in the final minute, Sasha Maltsev was rewarded for an excellent night's hard work when he stole the puck in the offensive zone and went solo for 17-2 on 59-17. Man of the Match Awards for, obviously, Damon Porter, six goals and two assists. And for the visitors, Dan Norton, who may have conceded 17, but faced a total of 107 shots. The first time the Chieftains have had over 100 shots at home since 1999. Also, a very notable effort from Kieran Rayner went on a hat-trick. A little Michigan attempt that hit the post. If you're with us on YouTube, you can see that there right now. Well, 
as I've said before, these full program Sundays really do deliver. They bring the best out of everyone, and that is a cracking weekend of hockey. And now, I'm pretty sure we all know where this is going. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks, giving Britain Division Player of the Week. Player of the Week, then. Some terrific games and terrific performances, particularly Jacob Minter had a good weekend, and Brindley Caps, an unbelievable weekend. But if you're with us on YouTube, there's a, here's his short-handed goal, but with an incredible performance, six goals, two assists, including one shorty. Player of the Week is Chelmsford Chieftain's Damon Porter. Table update then. The Red Hawks still lead the way after their four-point weekend. Played 21-17, lost three, 34 points. In second, the Slough Jets played 25-117, lost eight, 34 points. Coming in third, the Chelmsford Chieftains played 23-116, lost seven, 32 points. The top four is completed by the Solent Devils, played 21-12, lost seven, one overtime lost, 25 points. In fifth, the Invicta Dynamos played 22-111, lost eight, plus three overtime losses, same as the Devils, 25 points. Still a gap, but a slightly smaller gap to the Romford Buccaneers in sixth, played 19-17, lost 10, two OT losses, 16 points. Then another gap down to Oxford in seventh, who can't seem to buy a win, played 22-13, lost 17, two overtime losses, eight points. All being held up by the MK Thunder, played 17-1-1, lost 16, two points. Now conceded 154 goals, averaging at just over nine a game. The League Cup semi-finals have now been confirmed as well. Saturday night we'll see Invicta Dynamos host the Streatham Redhawks before returning to the high road for the second leg on Sunday evening. The other semi-final will see Slough Jets host the Chelmsford Chieftains on Saturday night and head to the Riverside for the second leg on Sunday, marking the seventh and eighth times they would have met this season, including pre-season challenge games. The other fixture that weekend will see the Milton Keynes Thunder head to the Oxford City Stars in a rearranged game from the Adam Johnson weekend at the end of October in 2023. Well, that is it for this week's roundup, another cracking weekend of Britain Division hockey. Coming late to this week on Zero Pucks Given is Oxford City Stars legend Darren Elliott, so keep your eyes on the socials for when that is released. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share across your social media, tag us and use the hashtag Zero Pucks Given. You can find ZPG on Instagram, Facebook, X, Threads, Snapchat and TikTok. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube as well. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Podcast Network.